Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. This is the Yanks Go Yard Podcast with Adam Weinrib and Thomas Carinante. Welcome to the Yanks Go Yard Podcast. I'm Adam Weinrib alongside Thomas Carinante. Yoshinobu Yamamoto week. The meetings are this week. The Yankees meeting was Monday. When we hopped off, we were a lot more optimistic about their chances of landing him because then we learned a whole bunch of stuff afterwards. The Dodgers deferred Shohei Otani's contract all the way into the deep future. $68 million a year going into a time and era where Andrew Friedman will not be running the team anymore and it'll be somebody else's problem. Supremely unfair, but allows them to afford uh, both Otani and Yamamoto and probably some more guys. So can the Yankees beat the Dodgers pitch? Starting to feel like I don't think they can, but we'll dissect exactly where we stand. He took Mets meetings beforehand, took Red Sox meetings this week, reportedly Giants before all of that, even before the Yankees we've heard. We'll try to assess everybody's position in the race. If the Yankees could pay just one of Yamamoto and Juan Soto, who would you pay and why? Can they pay both? Ken Rosenthal put some cold water on that. I'm going to throw some cold water on that too. At a certain point, we're asking how Steinbrenner can do a lot. Okay, I think they could, but you don't get to say how's cheap anymore. If he signs Soto to a five hundred million dollar contract, and Yamamoto to a three hundred million dollar contract, is paying six guys two hundred fifty million dollars. Okay, that's how it goes. Uh, but we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. Uh, as well, uh, Juan Soto's intro press conference is via Zoom. Does that bother you at all? Local New York sports radio people think Juan Soto is going to be a Met next year. Their rationale is insane. We'll go deep dive on all this. Thanks for joining us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Drop us a five-star review. If you haven't, we'd love it. Mailbag question if you want to in your comments. Uh, Join us live on YouTube every Monday and Thursday, 2 o'clock Eastern. We love being here. We got the holiday theme going again today. We're not going to stop with the holiday theme until probably long past the holidays are over. I think we're going to petition for them to bring the holiday theme back mid-January early February, dog days of winter. Thomas Carinante, welcome to the show as always. And today's sponsor is DraftKings. They're back. Whoa, DraftKings. Oh, oh my God, this is Vermont. Oh. To the people of the great state of Vermont, this is Bernie Sanders. (laughs) We're legalizing sports gambling. You hear about that? Uh, Next month, sports gambling is legal in vermont i uh, wish they would have done that earlier i was at a wedding there earlier this year could not bet for my DraftKings account had to call my friend in jersey to log in and do it but get ready because DraftKings is offering their best sign up offer for new users in the state of vermont all you have to do is register for DraftKings and use the code yanks go yard and you'll receive 200 dollars in bonus bets on launch day here's the catch actually it's the reverse of a catch because there is no catch at all no okay. deposit required just sign oh. up mention the code yanks go yard $200 in free bets. Not only that, Vermont folks, um, don't know how many. There actually are a lot of uh, tri-state contingents in uh, Vermont. I went to a couple of places where there were New York, New Jersey people. So on that note, registering with that code Yanks Go Yard not only gives you this amazing bonus, but it directly directly supports this podcast. This also offer will, will not be available once sports betting officially goes live. 
So make sure to take advantage while you can between now and January 1st. Remember, the code is YanksGoYard, and you claim those bonus bets, $200. This offer is available for new customers who are 21 and older and physically present in Vermont. Please remember to always gamble responsibly. Check the episode descriptions for full terms of the offer. I rest my case. A Vermont targeted ad. Thank you, yeah. DraftKings, uh, for returning in style and speaking to one state in the union. Um, well, uh, one, yeah, one place Yoshinobu Yamamoto uh, will not be going is Vermont. Can't yeah, make it there. Can't hack it there. It doesn't have a team. No, no, professional, no professional team. I mean, theoretically, you could play for the Red Sox and move to Vermont. This race is getting weirder by the day. And I yeah. think we, we talk about uh, before we expand it and go all the weird stuff that's happening with the Mets and the way they're being perceived now, everything that's going on in Boston, everything that's going on in San Francisco. I'm going to give credit to Yamamoto's people, too, presumably, because the media campaign here they're running has been hyper local. I'm in the Baseball Insiders Discord. Like I see people across the country. Everybody thinks they're getting Yamamoto. And everybody somehow thinks they have an edge for Yamamoto. We live in New York. We've been absorbing New York media forever as we see it. And as we've long seen it, it's the Yankees and Mets. And then the Dodgers were lurking if they maybe missed on Otani. And then, oh, never mind. They got Otani but found a way to finagle their finances anyway. So obviously they're in. But I sort of long been, okay, it's going to be Yankees-Mets bidding war. The Dodgers could be in, but it's presumably going to be a New York thing. Everyone I've spoken to in San Francisco is convinced that Otani is the centerpiece of their offseason. You say Brian Cashman sent a representative to every start he made for the last year. He's the only name the Yankees are chasing. They're like, the Giants did that too. They also had reps at every start. You're like, huh, I didn't hear that. They heard that because they're in San Francisco and somebody's leaking to San Francisco media. In Boston, they definitely think they have a shot at him. Yoshida's on the roster, old teammates. They need to make a splash. Why hire Craig Breslow if you're not going to make a splash? Like, why not target the top of the pitching market? You have no pitching. Boston fans are convinced that every little shred of information benefits Boston. San Francisco fans convinced of the same thing. Yankee fans convinced of the exact same thing. Uh, And the rest of the baseball sphere is doing, like, process of elimination. Um, They're saying, you know, how can the Yankees possibly pay Soto and Yamamoto? At a certain point, it's too crazy. How are there? Other parts of the country don't even think the Yankees are in. New York thinks the Yankees are probably the favorites. The Boston and San Francisco are like not even entertaining the Yankees as a landing spot. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Mets all of a sudden, like they, they're treating every piece of information that comes out as positive in their direction. Cause they're like, whatever King Cohen can just outbid the masses. Has he yet for anybody? No, he hasn't, but sure theoretically, theoretically he could. Yeah. Max Scherzer on a three year deal though, but he ha- yeah. has he gone to three eighty or four twenty or four fifty to secure somebody's 10 year commitment? No, he picked up the Carlos Correa scraps and then dropped them. He wouldn't go for Craig Council. Like, he actually hasn't done that yet. All this to say, we're in New York. I guess this is more regional than I thought. I thought the Yankees were pretty stone-cold locks to get Yamamoto uh, until the Dodgers stepped in, until the Dodgers cleared that money, until it came out that Mookie Betts and Freddie Freeman and Shohei Otani were in the meeting, until somebody dropped that Yamamoto was a lifelong Dodger fan, I still don't know if that's true. Yeah. Uh, Doug McCain said that, but he's been on his Instagram wearing a Yankee hat. And we we were told, again, the regionalism thing. We were told the same thing about New York. We were told, oh, idolize Tanaka. The Yankee hat on Instagram. Loves the Yankee. Andy Martino all along was saying the Mets are going to have a higher offer, but he loves the Yankees brand or whatever. So I was shocked to see that he was apparently a Dodger fan, but that was tweeted with, you know, several sources during that Dodger 
So, uh, look, it's not like he didn't know who was on the Dodgers roster before he hopped into that meeting. It's not like he was like, whoa, whoa, Mookie Betts is here? Holy shit. And you play for who? The Dodgers? Okay. Oh, okay. Okay. You guys are pranking me. This roster is crazy. I had no idea. Like, obviously, that's not true. And and obviously, you're going to hear glowing reports coming out of every meeting after he has them. But that's a pretty overwhelming sales pitch, as long as they're willing to be competitive financially. And according to Ken Rosenthal, the finances are going to come no matter which team wins the bidding. This really might be just a situation where he prefers one. He picks a situation and the money's going to be 280 or 300 or 320. Nobody's going to blow anyone out of the water. And the fact that Rosenthal said that sort of indicates, hey, maybe the Mets are the only ones that are going to be able to blow anybody out of the water. And maybe he's not terribly interested in them to begin with. Who knows? Certainly not me. The thesis here is that nobody really seems to know much of anything. But if you asked me, I would say there's been too much Dodgers buzz to ignore. And that even Bob Nightingale yesterday, out of nowhere, who's having a good offseason. Very good. Not, not being boob Nightingale <laughs> says the Yankees are the the Dodgers, you know, obviously made a big push. But the Yankees are still the favorites. That's what we got last night. So I, I'm a little more enthusiastic doing this podcast than I was uh, after Monday's show in like the two hour period where we found out about the contract details, definitely after I found out about the Dodgers meeting, I was like, we're done. Um, now I'm, I'm 30% optimistic, but I still don't anticipate they get him. I don't know where you stand on this. I don't know. I never really, never really had a stance to be honest. Um, John Heyman said the Yankees and Dodgers are co-favorites. Uh, I don't, believe any of well, the free yeah. agency yeah that's just, not a real thing that's a co-favorites yeah. are that's not a real term you only no. one team can sign him no. so yeah uh, co-mvps they do yeah like they that. do that sometimes yeah. but like I can't, I can't have two co-favorite meals like yeah i love i love burritos you that's want mexican great. and italian at the same time yeah italian's yeah. also great but i can't have all oh, my co-favorite meals are are <laughs> tacos and rice it's like okay well you obviously like one of those a little more than the other i uh i look i it's nice to see your team involved in the talks i have conditioned myself over the years to just not believe anything or get too invested in anything until there is a resolution Yamamoto's free agency was always going to be fairly complicated with his age, with um, the fact that he's transitioning over from Japan, with the the talks about him being comfortable sharing a locker room with another Japanese star. So you were always eyeing where Otani was going to go and have that be a possibility, or you would view it at. I think it could be viewed either way. At the, from that lens, it's like okay, maybe he wants to play with somebody who is from his country and ha, you know has played Japanese baseball before or he wants to go to another team and set the precedent himself play against that person for this the the spirit of competition I, I, I don't know um I think that all of this is like you said great work by his representation the whole goal here is to drive up the price mm-hmm. get as many big market teams in in the talks as possible and that's exactly what they've done every big market team you can imagine is in on Yamamoto, Mets, Yankees, Dodgers, Giants, Red Sox, Cubs, Blue Jays, and then there's probably a couple more in there that we have not heard about yet um, as all these other executives operate in the shadows and, and try to get uh, the deals done that they need to, that they need to re- do to round out the roster or put the roster over the edge. So 
Um, I'm not going to rule out anybody. Again, it's a unique free agency case because of his age. So I think that even non-gigantic market teams would be willing to make this investment. It's somebody who's entering his age 25 season. You're getting the most of the prime. It's self-explanatory. I am not, I don't, the Dodgers meeting did not convince me anything. It it didn't worry me in terms of the Yankee stance. It didn't convince me now the Dodgers were going to get him. The Dodgers to me were always a top destination for him. I think the being on the West coast is very much advantageous for, um, players from Asia, it's that much closer to home. I, I don't like that's it's not it's not a hot take. It's nothing crazy. It's it's geography. Um, yeah. I think that also the Yankees have a selling point themselves. They've had Masahiro Tanaka and Hideki Matsui play here for a very long time. Uh, and but, I love uh, the discourse that was like that implied that they forgot to make them part of this. Where like as if Brian Cashman hasn't spent. What even was that? I don't even know what that was. Well, obviously the Dodgers had all these guys in there and a bunch of people were like, would have been nice if the Yankees had done that. You know, it's as, as if they're, they like Randy Levine's going to wake up on Tuesday and be like, Oh my God, we forgot <laughs> to tell Matsui where the meeting was. We are so stupid. Like, I, I think their plan is probably a little more. Uh, I, I think it's probably a little more complex. I don't think it's like when the Knicks were recruiting LeBron and they were like, you like this video with the cast of the Sopranos. And he was like, not really. I'm going to Miami. Like I'm, I'm pretty sure that the Yankees have pulled all straight, but I guess I'm ready to be proven wrong. If we find out uh, after he makes a decision, like, yeah, they barely can. They phoned in the last, uh, you know, five days after going crazy for 18 full months. Like I would be very surprised, but you never know. Yeah. I mean, also for anybody to think, Oh my God, the, Oh, the Dodgers brought all their players to the meeting that, that game over. No one's ever yeah. thought of that before. Holy yeah. shit. They're the only they brought ones. Shohei Otani, Freddie Freeman, and Mookie Betts. Could you have ever pictured this? Mm-hmm. No, I, I, yes, I could have. It's, it's yes, the most I, logical yes, thing any team can do. Um, they also have an advantage because the meetings are taking place in LA. Again, for geographical purposes, they're all right there. The Yankees don't have their players there. Um, I'm sure they figured out a way to phone some people in, maybe some Zoom stuff. Uh, but yeah, the the Dodgers. The, the Dodgers were always going to be on a on multiple big-time free agents because, A, they had planned for two years, if you watched how they operated in free agency since the end of the 2020 season, to be ready for the upcoming classes. And then once the Otani, Otani domino fell, they would know where they stood financially. He deferred the money. It doesn't help them as much as everybody thinks. Uh, you know, that that's, that's a conversation for another time, but um, it helps them at least – in the short term where they could figure things out. Um, and that's why they're in on Yamamoto. I don't think that that gives them the inside track to Yamamoto. It, it's, it's a, it's a good starting point for them to figure it out, but this is anyone's race in my, I would not be, I, I would not be surprised tomorrow if he signed with the Cubs just wouldn't, there's no, there's no way there, there nothing's been clear. I, I, it's nice to see that the Yankees are labeled the favorites or the co favorites or whatever. And I think that speaks to the amount of, uh, uh, leg work they've done over the past year or so, but again, means nothing. It's it's up to the player to make the choice. He's never been here before in terms of playing, so he's taking his free agency meetings. He's seeing where he wants to be, seeing what he prefers, and that's going to be where it ends up. Yeah, I got one for you. What the Dodgers are thinking about spending seven hundred million dollars on two players? Who are they? Hunter Biden. Thank you. <laughs> um, see, I do think one thing that's interesting to me is that. Uh, we know everything about this stupid Dodgers beating, right? There was a whole offensive this week 
to let us know who was in the room when it happened. Uh, the Otani, the new hire is there. Like we, we just learned so much about the Dodgers meeting. We learned so much about the Mets meeting. Steve Cohen flew to Japan with business executives. They took uh, Yamamoto and his family to a Japanese fusion restaurant. Like, why do I know all of these things? And it doesn't, neither of these you know, large descriptions seem to give any edge to either yeah. side. Like, we don't know anything about the Yankees meeting. Absolutely nothing. But that doesn't mean that they didn't plan something extensive. Like, Brian Cashman went and watched his no-hitter in the front row in Japan in September. I understand that other organizations have also been scouting Yamamoto for a while, but the Yankees lie. Like, <laughs> We're forgetting about that. It's obvious when the Yankees want somebody. Like, I just when when Bryce Harper was a free agent, everybody agreed he was a perfect fit. The Yankees said we have six outfielders. We're not interested. When Manny Machado was a free agent, the Yankees gave him a meeting for two. What they put his face on the scoreboard for two seconds, and then he just left. And then they said, yeah, probably not a fit or whatever. Which was another reason Yamamoto was photoshopped on the scoreboard at Dodger Stadium this week. And Twitter went crazy because everyone on Twitter was born from an egg yesterday. They were like, oh, my God, he's on the scoreboard. The Yankees put Patrick Corbin on the scoreboard. I don't think they ever gave him an offer. The Yankees put Manny Machado on the scoreboard. They let him walk. When the Yankees don't want someone, they tell you. They go, yeah, not interested. Sorry. They don't really play around. People try to connect the Yankees to people. But when they don't care and they don't want to be in the market, they're like, yeah, not in our price range. And it frustrates fans because they hear – like, why aren't we in on Bryce Harper? And the Yankees go, yeah, we're just not. We're not. And people get mad about it. But they are screaming into a megaphone on Yamamoto. We are crazy. We like him. They've been to Japan over and over and over again. Brian Cashman has spent the last year plus planning this free agent pursuit. If they lose him, they lose him. Might choose anybody. Like you said, could be the Dodgers, could be the Cubs. But this is the argument I've tried to articulate the most to non-Yankee fans. Who, like, again, the, the baseball insiders folks who are from around the country who think that their team is the inside track. I'm not telling you that your team didn't scout him. I'm not telling you that your team didn't send people uh, to all of his games, etc. I'm just telling you that Brian Cashman's not lying. When he's lying, it's obvious. He's trying really hard here. So all the people who are like, I just don't see them going into the price range. They're going into the price range. He might pick somebody else. But they're not kidding around here. Their sole goal is to get Yamamoto. And if they don't get him, they're going to sign Frankie Montas, but they are not signing Blake Snell or Jordan Montgomery. They're not looking for high-end expensive pitching. They're looking for Yamamoto. And I just want to get that across. Like, they might not get him. He might go somewhere else. And it won't crush me if they don't sign an unproven Major League 25-year-old pitcher to a $300-plus million deal. But I'm just promising everybody who doubts that they're in that they are in. They don't just say this. They only say this when they're really in on it. Well, yeah, I I think also, uh, to clarify, I I get why people would think that because every offseason is like, oh, Yankees connected to so-and-so, and and that's also a ploy from everybody to drive up the market price. And also, why would, uh, unless you were an idiot, why would you not leak that information if you're an agent or, you know, uh, the, the, the person's representation? And then until the Yankees come, and the Yankees probably are a little bit involved in that, you know, behind closed doors. I'm like, yeah, sure. Like, well, we won't be vocal on being out on this guy to help, you know, drive up the price or whatever it is. I don't know. You never know how MLB operates. And in terms of that, there's a lot of backdoor stuff that that goes on that you don't know about. But yeah, this is much like the Soto trade, which I'm sure a lot of people got annoyed with because you were hearing about it since the deadline last year about how it was this was happening. You better believe it's happening. 
and don't forget it's also going to happen. Yeah. And then it finally happens, and that's because the Yankees were serious about it. And when they're serious about something, that is where they invest all their time and their money. They, they've been doing that with Yamamoto for a very long time now. Um, so this is not this is not one of those situations where it's oh big name, good player, New York money. It's not that. This is this is this is as serious as it could possibly be. Um, so again, I am happy that they're in on. Yamamoto, I am not going to be upset if they don't get him. There's this is not a situation where it's like the Yankees. This is the Yankees free agent to lose. Was never that. Never was going to be that. This is a once you know, this is a this is like an Otani this is a, an Otani light coming over from Japan in terms of the uniqueness of the situation. So the the door was open for everybody. The 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 market the possibilities are expansive for just about um, half the teams in the league. So Yankees got their guy already, in my opinion, and Soto. Um, now it's up to them to figure it out. But um, yeah, I guess now we now we talk about Soto. I Welcome. think we should. Although I, I will also say uh, sh- the Mets stuff is weird. The, the oh Mets yeah, stuff, yeah, yeah. Mets stuff smells weird. Andy Martino all of a sudden writing a that column desperate. Uh, saying that the Mets used to be the underdogs, but now they're weirdly in the front of the pack. Like you've been writing columns for a m- three months about how the Mets are leading this race. And then all of a sudden you're undoing, you're erasing your own, like, it's the audit thing. It's the audit thing all over again. Yeah. It's the audit thing. It's, it's so, but that's so bizarre to me, but, and I will just shout out to the Red Sox fans who we all, we can all acknowledge that Yamamoto might sign anywhere. We don't know. He could be a Red Sox. He could be a Cub. Some team could leap off the page, but in the most textbook definition I've maybe ever seen of fans reading what they want to read and hearing what they want to hear, Andy Martino put out that column that said the Mets are gaining momentum in the Yamamoto chase. They didn't have it before, and now they do. And Loomer Loney and Red Sox Nation read that, and they were like, what's he trying to say? Is he trying to prime the pump for the Mets fans being disappointed on Yamamoto by painting them as an underdog? And it's like, look, maybe, I guess. But literally what he said was their chances were bad. Now they're good. Then Alex Byer from the Boston Globe today drops a column that says the Red Sox are meeting with Yamamoto Thursday or they did it Wednesday already. He's not sure. Either way, in the industry doesn't expect them to land him. Now, that's the industry. That's not the team. Again, it's going to come down to preference. Maybe his preference is Boston. We just don't know. Maybe they're willing to be competitive. We just don't know. But Red Sox fans heard the Mets people say the Mets are gaining steam and decided that's a bad thing for the Mets. And then they heard the Red Sox people say the Red Sox are basically not in this, according to most of the league. And they were like, all right, so we're a sneaky candidate gaining momentum. Let's go. Like, It's the most unbelievable read what you were on read scenario I've ever seen. And and again, I think a lot of it is, uh, you know, the regional stuff and Yamamoto's agents playing well, et cetera. I think that is just pure delusion. I don't know what you'd have to, I think, a, I guess a Red Sox reporter would have to say the meeting happened already and they're literally out. The meeting went poorly for Red Sox nation to be like, oh no, <laughs> I guess, I guess it's bad. Cause a column dropped today saying industry speculation is Red Sox are not really in this. And they were like, so we're in this kind of a little bit, maybe sort of. Um, so the sooner this gets done, the better, because I don't want to hear from Red Sox fans anymore. Yeah, great. Um, great offseason from the Red Sox. You guys suck. So far, um, so good. Uh, Juan Soto. Yeah. Juan Soto. Juan Soto. He's a Yankee. Um, the Yankee. 
this let's start with the zoom press conference this was the zoom press conference um this frustrated me uh yankees twitter was divided on this people were saying who gives a shit what does it matter other people were saying this is not yankees-esque i would agree with the latter although i can agree i I can see where the former is coming from um he's a rental technically um the yankees have a lot of other work to take care of this offseason to make this team a, a true world series contender um, so to, I guess, shine the spotlight on Juan Soto, who is only going to be here as of right now for a very short amount of time, probably mm-hmm. isn't worth the time and effort. Um, then again, I disagree. This is one of the, this is arguably the biggest trade acquisition in modern history. Uh, same goes for the Padres acquiring him a year and a half ago. Like mm-hmm. you're not going to, you're, you're not going to see a player like this change hands, uh, many more times in your lifetime. So I think it's worth bringing him into the Bronx and to the podium and to speak in front of people alongside mm-hmm. maybe one of his teammates, um, alongside his teammate and Trent Grisham, alongside the owner and the GM. Um, also, I don't know why the press conference had to be so soon. You could have just said, I know that there, there was the discre- there was the issue with, Oh, well, the Yankees are in L.A. talking to Yamamoto and Juan Soto went to the um, uh, Dolphins Titans game. Great. Yeah. Who gives a shit? Just fucking have him come in next week. Like what? Why is there? Where, where, why is there an ex- expiration on this? The trade's official. It got <laughs> yeah. announced by everybody. There's no stress over medicals like you can bring in Juan Soto in a month. You could do it literally yeah. whatever. Yeah, I mean, to me, it's just um, it's because think about it before 2020. This wasn't an option. Now that every everybody works from home, everybody works in their underwear, um, everybody's dicking around, fucking making lunch three times a day, getting missing office snacks. culture. Yeah, I'm getting four Celsius's out of the fridge, not doing what I have to do, guys. So I get it, but like this was never an option previously. This was never a consideration for anybody. A video conference to introduce one of the best players in Major League Baseball joining your team alongside two of the other best players in major league baseball on this team. Um, I'm not going to, you know, I, I said what I said, that's it. I'm not going to complain about it much more, but um, the, um, the processes in which I think moves like this need to be um, acknowledged can't be minimized through a, a video press conference. Um, it also kind of takes away from, a the, the the pomp and circumstance, which I think is valid here, and then I'd like to see some. If you put me live in front of Fernando and Roberto, I bet I would have a little bit of trouble um, articulating myself uh, from the start. I'd I'd certainly get comfortable, but um, you know how much easier it is to speak through a camera and then be able to just end the situation whenever you want, escape from it. So um, I would have liked to see Juan Soto be you know pressed with face-to-face interaction with uh reporters meeting everybody for the first time there's there's a different feel to it um so yeah i mean if if fernando and and roberto are grilling me over being a mets fan over the chat i don't care but if it's in person i might i might be more upset i don't know um either way it's the yankees there is a higher standard with everything i think um this was a little bit lame but it's nice that he's officially here um it's nice to see that 
Uh, I liked his comment on the contracts extension, which we'll get into that in a minute. But he said he was also excited because he knows the Yankees have a huge Dominican fan base. He has family members who are Yankees fans. um, And that's something that he is uh, looking forward to in 2024. So um, I think that all of that weighs into uh, the uh, trial period that he's going to have in the Bronx. Um, We show him a good time, everybody. Uh, He's going to want to stay. And then obviously it's up to the Yankees to pay the price. But uh, the first step is convincing him that this is his, this is the right long-term spot for him. Step one, obviously. We're still going to enjoy 2024 with every um, fiber of our being, and we're going to be dialed in every second. But uh, remember, we also have to keep in um, keep the the long-term here uh, as part of the uh, the goal to get get him to remain a Yankee. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Yeah, I, uh, you, you want to add to the things that we didn't like about the Zoom press conference. Sure. Uh, I mean, don't worry. The Yankees figured out a way to monetize this. They're selling via tops game-worn hat and shirt cards from the press conference you get a baseball card with a picture of juan soto uh and a sliver of his t-shirt uh, and that only costs 349 dollars. so that's a bargain uh, per me i mean per you, you can't get that anywhere else so um yeah i i'm excited to have juan soto he he had a great answer when you know everybody who doesn't want juan soto to be a yankee long term is like doing the like oh he said talk to scott boris yeah okay about uh his his extension yeah that's exactly who the yankees would talk to that's a straight answer he you would have to talk to scott boris if you want to extend him and guess what they're not going to extend him now, no, no one, one is no, no one, one would be extending him. him no one who traded for him is going to extend him so it's a question you have to ask and it's an answer you have to give but the answer was succinct and accurate it doesn't indicate he's leaving. It indicates he's not going to sign an extension. He's Are not. Pe- do people forget the Yankees have a good relationship with Scott Boris too? I don't know. Like, he always circles back to the Yankees at the end of Always. Everything. We have two very big Scott Boris clients. Garrett Cole, Carlos Rodon. Those are those are very big. Those are and, and they got paid. They got paid top of market by the yeah. Yankees. They will talk to him. Uh, the comments, uh, just to address very briefly, Eric Stottle saying, treat him with kid gloves. If he starts slow, he'll be bad. He's not been good in San Diego. He couldn't hit with the runners in, on the bags. Um, objectively not true. I, I don't know how um, – he started slow last year. That's true. But yeah. I don't know. Maybe your standard for how your uh, players play with runners in scoring position is different than ours. The Yankees are – the worst at that and Juan Soto last year hit 299 with a 1016 OPS with runners in scoring position uh 11 doubles a triple nine bombs and 189 plate appearances uh runners in scoring position comes and goes I guess but last year he was specifically very good in that situation so we'll see and again the you know Yankee fans do need to be careful they cannot import a new acquisition like this and let him hear it in April uh that would be unwise especially because you want him there long term uh the Yankees have not had a Dominican superstar like this since Robinson Cano. Yeah. Um, and Robinson Cano was pitched on being the first Dominican player in Monument Park. Uh, and that didn't happen. He signed elsewhere. He went to Seattle and he's not going to the Hall of Fame and he's not going anywhere. 
Uh, Juan Soto, if he stays with the New York Yankees, will absolutely beyond, you know, most likely be the first Dominican player in Monument Park. Number 22 is still unretired because they didn't retire it for Roger Clemens. He's going to wear a number that very much has the potential to be retired. Uh, he's a top five hitter in the game. Like, I just don't think people can overthink it. Massive presence to have on your team. And now that Shohei Otani has opened up the world of deferrals, and now that Juan Soto is a New York Yankee, has one year to experience what it's like to get endorsements as a New York Yankee. Yeah. Uh, and there could potentially be a world to, because it's going to be between 450 and 500 million, maybe even 520. It's going to last a really long time. And if the Yankees are going to do it, it's going to be very expensive. Um, but I do think they plan on doing it. We will see. Uh, no talks are going to take place till after the season. And this is a pretty big audition to see if he is a long-term fit. I think he is. Yeah. Uh, we'll know more at the end of the year. Um, I mean, is he, he's the one I'd rather pay between him and Yamamoto. I don't know if yeah. you feel differently, but that if they don't have, I don't want them to choose, but I understand they're getting up against it a little bit. Um, it is worth mentioning that Yamamoto is hitting free agency at 25. I think it's very likely there's an opt-out in this contract after a year four, so we can hit free agency again at 29. Yeah. So when you're talking about ridiculous long-term deals, uh, I think that Soto and Judge and Cole would obviously be here for an extremely long time if they were to re-sign Soto. But I'm fairly confident Yamamoto will be spending four years here before opening his recruitment again. And Giancarlo Stanton's deal will be done at that point. And DJ LeMahieu's deal will be done at that point. And Carlos Rodon will have one year left on his contract at that point. So, yeah, I mean, at a certain point, it does become untenable. And you can't expect the Yankees to sign four $300 million free agents every year. But if Yamamoto's contract goes the way that I think it will, I'm pretty confident that they'll only have three guys on the books if they sign him and Soto extremely long term i think so i don't think they should need to choose uh but if they did i'm i'm picking juan soto i'm sorry yeah i don't think that that's even a question you pick the guy who is a has an incredible track record in mlb um i know he's never won an mvp but he's a perennial mvp candidate um already has won a world series is a good postseason performer uh plays both sides of the ball like i think that's important i know pitchers are as valuable as they've ever been but playing being a position player is more valuable to me especially when it's someone of that caliber if you're talking about you know an Aaron Judge Juan Soto type that's the type you pay over a pitcher um and you don't lose any sleep over it um, and he was bad with runners in scoring position as our commenters mentioning the year prior when he got to San Diego he struggled in the middle of the season he hit yeah. uh that year he hit 204 with a 384 uh, OBP and 720 OPS, which is still like it's, it's pretty good by Yankee State. Pretty good, yeah. I mean, that's amazing for what the Yankees have been doing. Yeah. Um, I think you also take into account here too, like think about the opportunities that are going to open up. We 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 discuss this every year with new guys added to the lineup and how that benefits other players. Like Juan Soto and even Verdugo being added to this lineup is now going to create more opportunity for someone like Anthony Volpe someone like Austin Wells, they're going to be much more, they're, they're, they're going to be protect. They, like we have criticized Anthony's Volpe, Anthony Volpe's um, rookie season, right? It was, it was, it was very up and down. It was a roller coaster. In the end, he played 159 games. He had a 2020 season. He won the gold glove success, but there were some troubling metrics in there. You look at his baseball savant page. It's, it's pretty much all blue. Um, he batted 
two, what, oh six or something. Yeah. Um, all the whole second half, it was watching it go back down to two hundred. I yeah. think he finished at two oh six or two oh eight. But the whole yeah. time, every day, I would just said it before I say it again. When they were out of it, just check the box score and be like, "Did he get a hit? No, yep. he didn't." Okay, moving on. Two oh nine. Yeah, sub three hundred OBP. But guess what? There was sixty some odd games in there without Aaron Judge. The various other – Giancarlo Stanton had the worst year of his career. Anthony Rizzo had brain damage. Uh, DJ LeMahieu still didn't come back from his injury troubles until the end of the season. So Anthony Volpe, for much of the year, was kind of stranded. He was protecting the lineup by who? Jake Bowers, Billy McKinney, uh, uh, Oswaldo Cabrera, Oswald Peraza, um, Harrison Bader. Yeah. Like – that's not good. That's bad for a rookie player who is trying to figure himself out. First full season in, in Major League Baseball with limited experience above Double A, with barely having played over a hundred games in a season, in you know throughout his entire professional career because the minor league season's not that long. So now, Soto opens up a door for these guys to improve, and then I think if the Yankees see the result of that, like it's even more justifiable to pay him. That elevates the roster in more ways than one than just a pitcher does. And I'm not saying don't, if they, if they can afford both, you do it. I have no problem with that. But yeah, if you had to choose one, it's Soto because the, the, the ripple effect from him is, is exponential. Yeah. A hundred. I mean, there, there's almost no, I just can't like it. There's no comparison. If you, if you want to get dead serious about your rotation, you need Yamamoto this off season, but the ball's in his court now. We've we've mentioned it, uh, you know, time and again. The ball's in his court. Um, there are hints and Brett, like Jack Curry said, "Hey, I got a crumb." Yankees think their meeting went really well. It's all I have for you guys. It's like okay. Um, I still I'm holding on to a shred of hope that there's a reason that they're so optimistic that they just know that like maybe that like you know you're free agent, you got to take all those meetings. But there before all the Dodger stuff and the deferrals came out, I kind of thought the Yankees just knew. Then the Dodger stuff happened, everything cascaded, and I was like, man, and if he's really a Dodger fan, then how can he possibly avoid picking the Dodgers? Uh, yeah. That said, at this point, um, yeah, it, it's it's the same thing I said earlier. It's like I think he's probably 70-30 Dodgers, but there's a glint of hope in me that the reason the Yankees are so optimistic is because they just knew. They, they just knew they were going to be competitive financially. They knew they were going to be competitive, you know, have some adva- intangible advantage that he just mentioned at some point, like, look, push comes to shove, I want to be a Yankee or something. So that they knew that they had an inside edge and could always fall back on it. Uh, we'll certainly find out. Um, they, they, have, they have gone above and beyond to try to secure Yamamoto, and I think we'll find out next week. But, man, it's been a really long time. It has to be by January 4th. Uh, it just has to be. That's the limit on his negotiation status. What if they forget? What if they forget to fax it in? <laughs> oh my god, that'd be great. We send it to we send it to mly.com. <laughs> they hit. We send it to MLN. We didn't mean to hit the N. It's next to the B on the keyboard. Oh god, please forgive us. Brian Cashman on the phone, like shit, shit, shit. <laughs> January third. <laughs> <laughs> help fat fingers God. morse code yeah uh yeah i don't know i, I feel as, i guess i feel I, I feel slightly less confident than i did on monday but the yankees have done all that they can do um no matter what twitter thinks the yankees did not <laughs> the yankees did not forget the yankees did not forget to uh you know bring some key japanese players to the meeting that just didn't happen um the the soto uh the one Soto angle we haven't explored yet though is is i mean we can laugh at sal Licata a little bit it's always fun to laugh at sal and and shout out to uh everybody here i like sal 
we had 90 we had 90 people here on this hey guys. stream right now uh if you could shout out in the comments if you got something you want us to discuss that we haven't covered yet um we're more Please. than happy more than happy to but i do we're just gonna you know want to this press conference I'm not sure I've ever seen a level of, of coping as pathetic as Sal Licata's attempt to <laughs> be on the airwaves last night as, as a Met fan. I've heard a lot of coping, right? And, and a lot of it comes back to Uncle Steve Cohen, King Kong Steve Cohen, or whatever people are calling him at this point. We touched, on it, earlier, we touched on it earlier in the podcast. Like, he's what is he? What has he done with his his millions and his billions? What has he done with his millions and billions? Um, he bought the Mets. And when he bought the Mets, everybody was like, oh, my God, he's the richest owner in baseball. We've never seen anything like this. Uh, this guy's going to change the game. He's going to buy and sell other teams. He might buy the whole Royals roster at some point. And it was like, all right, well, let's see it. That'll cool. be interesting. Uh, he goes out and gets uh, Max Scherzer, you know, laps the field for Max Scherzer, doesn't sign Trevor Bauer, um, puts together a roster that everybody thinks is going to be extremely competitive. Ultimately, they are, but they fall apart in the wild card round. So what does he do the next offseason? Oh, my God, he's going to go scorched earth mode, right? He's going to go scorched earth mode. Um, and then he uh, – last offseason, he, he spends the most amount of money possible. No one has ever spent that much money on a roster just to make a mid-team, just to build a mid-team. Like, we had Brandon Nimmo already – Let's pay him a ton of money to make sure that we keep him. I don't want Jacob DeGrom. Let's bring in old Verlander. Let's spend money for Jose Quintana. Let's spread this money around to Mark Canna. Let's get all these, like, you know, C plus, B minus at best free agents. Uh, he doesn't play in the DeGrom pool, which is smart, but he doesn't. Uh, he, Carlos Correa falls into his lap. He gives him a $400 million fuck you deal and then looks at the medicals and comes to the same conclusion. Use the same doctor. Yeah, it's the same. Oh, we already read. Oh, never mind. I, I made a big show about spending a lot of money on Carlos Correa, but then yeah. I didn't actually do it. So he spent a ridiculous sum last year and spent even more to get rid of Scherzer and Verlander to add prospects to the farm system. So it's great that he has a lot of money, but at no point last year did he look at the free agent market and say, like, so, what Mets fans were predicting, like, Jacob deGrom's going for $280 million. I'm going to offer 460 Like, that never happened. So Met fans are now in this mode where they're, you know, waiting for competitive baseball. They didn't get it last year. They're in this mode where they're like, uh, Juan Soto's a Yankee now, but he's going to be a Met next year. Um, cool. Fine. That's a really, uh, it's a tough coping mechanism to deal with. Like, I, I'm not sure I've ever seen like, well, yeah, you did get him, but we're going to get him. <laughs> well, okay but you but you didn't though like the yankees did so that doesn't do much for me salicata said he was excited by soto's press conference because it was more obvious than ever he was going to be a met what's the evidence uh he said in a video of him picking out a Derek jeter jersey he looked at a mets jersey first <laughs> okay uh and then he said uh, my favorite the most compelling piece of evidence i've read so far and if you're going to be on the radio you just have to be more prepared than this here's the quote one time when i was at a game mets nationals were walking out later there was a whole group a whole section of soto family members waiting for him i don't know if they were in Mets stuff or what but i always felt the connection with new york but with soto and the mets you don't know if they were in Mets stuff why did you even start talking uh and then spoiler alert you don't know if they're Mets fans or what they are. I don't know what they are. Uh, somebody caught up with Juan Soto's dad and two uncles before a Nats-Yankees game. 
The uncle has a sign that says, Yo Soy Yankees fans supporting number 22 Washington Soto. They are literally Yankees fans. It's not, I don't know if they're Mets fans. I don't know. I just have this thing. No, you don't. You know that they are Yankees fans. I don't know he's going to be a Yankee. I don't know. But if you are a Met fan excited about his introduction with the Yankees because you just think they're getting him in a year from now and Steve Cohen is going to take Hal Steinbrenner's best bid and up it by $150 million and paint him into a corner, then, you know, that we have years, we have a couple years of evidence now that he hasn't. I'm still waiting for Steve Cohen's first. I'm still waiting for Steve Cohen's first. Maybe it's Yamamoto, maybe it's Soto, but it hasn't happened yet. Yeah, and short-term deals don't count, folks. Um, well, there risk, is just risk averse. Yeah, it's it's the definition of risk averse for an expert financial man, hedge fund guy, Steve Cohen. He knows that better than anybody. So you look at the Max Scherzer deal. Sure, it set a record for AAV, but that doesn't mean anything. It was over three years. Verlander tied that over two years, um, and then it actually gives you an even better um escape route because you can trade them those are easily tradable contracts um whether you eat some money or whether your team starts to flounder um and there's a market out there for them and then a team trading for them is like oh wow okay it's only one or two years of this person and then we can get out of it great i want the mets and steve cohen to make um an investment that makes them shake a little bit uh, Brandon Nimmo was not that. What was that? Six years, one twenty. Um, no, uh, he 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 ditched the Jacob Degrom market completely. Uh, as, and again, uh, like mm-hmm. that guy needed immediate Tommy John surgery. It's not a yeah. bad move. No, but it's not like you know. I'm it's not a ruthless financial move. I'm waiting for the ruthless financial move that all the Mets fans are talking. And I'm not not even criticizing. I'm just saying that there has yet to be this. The Yankees no. actually have made more long term financial moves that make you quiver a little bit in you know whether i'm not worried about the judge deal but you know you know all the everybody on twitter was oh man you're paying for his age 36 30 i don't give a shit yeah carlos rodon six years any six years for a pitcher at that price between 25 and 30 million is a risk yankees have taken more risks than the mets have at this point the yankees have had more success than the mets at this point they made an alcs the mets have not gotten past the wild card round i mean this is just what it is so For them to be confident they're getting Soto, um, I guess if you're sitting here as a Mets fan and you're wondering when is Steve Cohen going to make this crazy long-term investment, theoretically it would be for a candidate like Juan Soto, someone who's super young, someone who is a cornerstone to build around, someone who you could plop in the middle of your lineup and he's going to OBP 400 regardless of who else is surrounding him. So I guess – if that's your logic, sure. But just because he mentioned that um, the Yankees can call Scott Boris about a contract extension or because he somewhat alluded to the fact that this could be a one-year pairing, because I think when they were they were asking him um, how it felt that he was going to be teammates with Aaron Judge, he said he was going to enjoy it while it lasted. Um, yeah. What do you want the guy to say? There's nothing else to say. He's here for a year. Everybody knows that. He's not going to show his hand on where he wants to be. He doesn't even know if he wants to be here yet, but he is he is media trained by Scott Boris and the Boris Corporation. They are telling him how to act and what the circumstances are when he can say whatever, whatever he can say in certain situations, that's what it's going to be. So, of course, he's not going to reveal his hand. Of course, that's how he's, go- he's, he's going to be vague or he's going to just speak in – the here and now he's not alluding to the future at all so i guess if mets fans want to 
believe that, then that's fine. I mean, they're still looking for their their first uh, long-term piece, um, and maybe it's Yamamoto, and that, that helps them land Soto next year. I don't know, but we have 2024 to look forward to, and the Mets do not have much to look forward to right now, and the Yankees have an, a vastly improved situation from last year. Yeah, um, and, and Lindor, obviously, they did make a long-term commitment to, but I think we're still waiting to see the Lindor contract translate into actual production uh tiktok well yeah sorry guys i forgot about lindor but also well, we, they all had, did, we all they had did. nothing on the payroll they had nothing on the payroll no um at that point well does anybody uh if anybody in the comments wants to chime in with some questions i think we're happy to do a free-for-all here at the end of the show but there's nothing else uh nothing else i think i want to cover thomas is there anything else you wanted to uh gab about while we wait for the yamamoto thing to resolve oh, itself man. i guess meeting with the Boston Red Sox today. I mean, look, the story on Juan Soto would have been if they, if somebody asked him point blank, like, is this going to be a one year thing for you? Are you, are you planning to only stay here one year? And he was like, yes, exactly. <laughs> then it would be like a news story. Like, oh my God, when <laughs> he just said, oh my God, he admitted it. Like he just said it. Uh, but him saying, if they want to talk extension, talk to my agent, they're gonna, they know, they know how to reach Scott Boris. They're gonna. Glaber um, trade. What do we think? Let's talk about Glaber trade, I guess, because uh, at this point, no. You got to spell Glaber's name right, though, if he wants to talk about it. Come on, dog. Um, I mean, at this point, no (laughs) way. They're they're all in on 2023, 2024 at this point. Like, if they they were uh, still eyeing a Glaber trade, I don't think they would have traded for Juan Soto, to be perfectly honest, uh, because they don't have an alternative there. Like, Oswald Peraza opening day second baseman, not an alternative. Um, and I just wrote about this because MLB Network apparently had Oswald Peraza as a top change of scenery trade candidate. Doesn't qualify for me. Like that to me means somebody who already is fallen out of favor or like is struggling in one place and wouldn't yeah. be struggling somewhere else. He's had under 200, he's had 250 at bats across two years. He might be the best defender of all of the Yankees infield prospects. And he has a clear path to a starting role next year. If not this year, like everybody's asking about a Glaber trade for a reason because he costs a lot of money in ARB and it's his final year and he's not getting extended. So either Peraza is going to have a shot at second base this summer or this winter or next winter. But there's no like, hey, yeah, four years down the line, we got no room for you, kid. Like, and you've been here struggling and you're 27. We got to change the scenery here. I feel like it's an easy one now and it's going to require him staying patient for another year, but he's going to start the season on the Yankees bench. And then he's going to be a projected starter because they're going to have to get a lot more inexpensive in 2025 when they're hopefully paying Juan Soto and maybe paying Yamamoto. They're going to need to put Dominguez out there. They're going to need to put Peraza and Volpe out there in the middle infield and Austin Wells and Ben Rice at first base. Get rid of Rizzo. Like they're going to need to start four to five to six. Probably not six, but cost controlled young players. Yeah. And uh, they're not extending Glaber. They're not extending Verdugo. The the walkier folks will walk, just like Luis Severino. No way. We all knew, we all knew that even before he struggled. This is your last year. And that was that. Uh, and another end of the Glaber trade is I just don't think that you're going to be disappointed by the return. Like, yeah. I think a lot of people were disappointed to see Trey Sweeney go for Vivas and Victor Gonzalez. That's a trade that I like and I understand and I thought was kind of it was crazy. I didn't expect it. But that's, you know, you've given away a top 10 prospect for somebody else's top 10 prospects and a reliever who was hurt last year. And they were like, oh, man, wasn't that guy, wasn't he a middle infielder of the future? He's just, he's just gone. 
Uh, I think Glaber will be a similar, like, I don't think they're going to be able to trade Glaber for major league talent. No. Like I see Classe, I see Bieber. I get it. But the Glaber trade is going to be someone's number eight prospect and their number 19 prospect and an 18 year old pitcher in the DSL. Like it's yeah. not going to be a major leaguer for major leaguer. If, and I also don't, I just don't want to trade him for Classe. I don't want to yeah. do that. I think Glaber's too valuable right now. Yeah, it's if you're going it if the Yankees are telling us with their moves that they're going forward in 2024, then trading Glaber Torres doesn't really make any sense. Um, Fernando, I'd have to disagree. I do not think the Twins will be trading Arise for Glaber. Um, Arise is a much more valuable piece. He La- could play last year, game. last year Arise for Glaber made sense. Then Arise went and won the batting title, and Glaber went and had a crazy year. Yeah, uh, the Marlins are are trying to trade their pitching, but they're not trying to trade Luis Arise. He's going to be the centerpiece of their marketing efforts. Oh, sorry, Marlins. I'm an idiot. Yeah, um, somebody hopped. Uh, somebody already did it. Like we should have gone to Arise yeah. last year, but we didn't. Yeah. So, oops. Yeah, yeah, you got me, Roberto. I hear you. Um, yeah, I don't, the, the return here is it's major league talent for major league talent. And it's going to be for one year. There is given Glaber's track record. I know he's had a rebound year, but he's had a few bad years in there too. There he's, he doesn't have, um, he doesn't have an ironclad resume at this point. It's good. Um, but it's not going to fetch you a controllable starter. It's not going to fetch you, um, a uh, top and you know a, a, even a one through three starter in my opinion maybe it would have last year if you get, gave him away for two years of control but now the market's severely limited um i know there is the argument to be had that yeah if team that gets him has first dibs to extend him um or you know can convince him in free agency in the offseason uh but don't really see that happening especially with how we've kind of seen the trade market materialize over the last couple of years um and uh again if the Yankees are going for it in 2024, trading Glaber Torres makes little sense. You go for it with all the pieces you have now. You ease Oswald Praza into action um, and get him a little bit more experience. And then when the time comes, you're uh, you're probably right, Adam. He's going to be playing a lot because if the Yankees are signing Juan Soto, then there is kind of no way for them to keep spending on high-priced you know, middle infielders. That's, that's like the second most expensive part of the market. Once you uh, go beyond starting pitching. Um, and uh, this is kind of what they designed the, the, uh, the, the Glaber situation for it was either trade him last year and get the value for starting pitching while you could, or keep him through 2024, let the relationship expire and then use your, uh, middle infield depth with the farm system or at the major league level to figure it out when the time comes. Um, I don't think they're in trouble if they lose Glaber at the end of the season. Um, I just don't see a path where now it makes sense to trade him. The the the, the swap is going to be underwhelming. Um, and I'd rather at this point, I know I've expressed a lot of frustration with Glaber Torres, but um, I'd rather have him at this point with his comfortability in the Bronx um, and the fact that he's had that rebound season this past year amid everything being kind of terrible for the Yankees in an 82 and 80, 80 season, he was one of the best second basemen in the league. So um, I'm going to change my tune here. now that they've improved their lineup and got um, they've diversified, they got a couple more lefties. They padded um, around Glaber Torres too. So it's going to help him even more. Remember 2018, 2019, when this lineup was humming and the offense was automatic, he was one of the best players. I don't think that that's impossible for him to get back to. I'd still say it's it's a relative long shot for him to maybe hit 35, 38 home runs, but this is the closest we're going to get back to it in 2024. Might as well give it a try, right? 
I also just don't agree with the sentiment in the comments that it depends on if they get Yamamoto or not, because they already went all in on a one-year rental in Juan Soto. Yeah. And I think, look, it wouldn't be the first time they did that. They acquired Frankie Montas at the deadline and then shipped Jordan Montgomery elsewhere. And then we were like, did the pitching get better though? What did you just do? Like, this would be that to me. Like, oh my God, we sacrificed so much pitching depth for Juan Soto. Juan Soto's here. We're going all in this year to try to win the World Series, but we got rid of your second best player from last year. Sorry. Yeah. In the in the Soto trade? No, no, separate trade. We just randomly decided to get rid of him. Yeah, we needed Edward Cabrera, so we traded him in Miami. I, I don't know. I don't think the return is going to be exciting enough to justify trading Gleyber Torres. I just don't. And I don't think that... You're not getting two players for Gleyber Torres. No, no. And we have to get out of the mentality, too, where if he walks at the end of the year, it's some, like, great tragedy. Like, we can offer him a... We, we're probably going to offer him the qualifying offer. You get a comp pick back for him. The Yankees just don't... The Yankees aren't the Angels and Otani. Like, the Angels held on to Otani and failed last year and then were forced to lose him for nothing. That's not the situation that the Yankees are in. I don't think you need to be no. – you're in a window where you're trying to win a World Series right now. Is this a World Series team or not? I, I Look, people can have differing viewpoints on that. Uh, I, You know, I think they still have a ways to go from the way that yeah. they finished last season. But they're not the Angels. They're not an unmitigated disaster. And, and yeah. to say, like, you better not lose that asset, I think – you need Glaber Torres this season to compete. I'm not big on Shane Bieber too. I wish I was, but I just, I didn't like what I saw last year at all. There's no reason the guardians would do that. The only way that this trade is happening. If Glaber Torres is traded is if it's with another contender and they're trading a, an expiring veteran or maybe a prospect or two in exchange for, and there's no reason for the Yankees to acquire more prospects at this point. They're playing for the now they have a good farm system based on all of the evaluations and what all the scouts are saying and they still have depth to trade from so the only way that this would work out is if it's a one-for-one -one swap with a contender where they're dealing from a surplus and we're obviously dealing from a surplus because we'd be able to replace the uh production at second base i thought it would have been the dodgers honestly i thought maybe um you get a pitcher from the dodgers or someone like michael bush from the dodgers but mookie betts is now playing second base there on an everyday basis there's no reason for the dodgers to do that um and the the yankees have already made a trade with the dodgers if they were going to explore that they would have explored it as early as possible so um la would have had their time to uh figure this out and you know round out the roster a little bit more um so yeah i guess Give me a scenario where this makes sense because I can't picture it at this point. And I don't, I just don't like the like trade Glaber for a controllable reliever comment. Like that would just feel so icky. The Yankees print relievers. Yeah. We have controllable relievers. We'll yeah, we have a, a ton of controllable relievers. Um, it's like whenever it's, it feels just as gross as when everybody just is like overvaluing Brian Wu and Bryce Miller and the Mariners because they're starters with stuff who has you know uh who had 4.5 eras last year like yeah just because they have a lot of control doesn't mean i'm necessarily too enthusiastic about yeah. them um i saw in the comments somebody said dodgers just signed him meaning yamamoto i guess and that's not true um and rumor has it that he'll be at shohei's press conference today i think that's a joke but i haven't seen that <laughs> I haven't seen that rumor anywhere uh and that would be a hell of a way it would be very funny uh, that uh, the Red Sox had their meeting with him today. Like, it, it would be kind of funny if the Red Sox had their meeting and then immediately after he just went to Otani's press conference. That would be fun. It would be sort of funny. It would be like, 
Yes, he has chosen the Dodgers, but most of all of the teams he didn't choose, he didn't choose the Red Sox. He talked to the Red Sox and then was like, yeah, I'm going to blow. I'm not even going to drag this out anymore. I'm just going to go to the press conference. Um, but this is fake news. This is uh, everybody in the comments wants to wants to do Trump. But there's been a lot of fake news in the comments today. It's, it's been harder than ever to sift through. Uh, we're just guys giving our opinion. But these takes are uh, it takes are flying. It's it's misinformation season in the off season. Um, and we were trying to sort through it all. Uh, well, shout out to everybody for sticking it out with us. I just got, I'm not kidding you. I got like seven different push notifications from seven different people that Taylor Clark got traded from the Royals to the Brewers. Why do I need to know that? Did that actually happen? Everybody that did happen. Robert, uh, Robert Murray broke it, but then Jeff Passan, Heyman, Fine Sand, all my insiders are put as everyone in the comments is telling me like Yamamoto went to the Dodgers and I'm like, Oh, let me check. Oh, never mind. It's Taylor Clark's trade five different times. Um, so commenters, be careful. Be careful when you say what you say. Be careful with your language. Um, people want an angry Cashman impression. And that actually, you guys were commenting that last time too. I don't know what that means. Am I, am I dumb? I feel like we do a lot of people. I don't think we do angry Cashman. No, they probably want to hear it because now we've gotten like the true angry Cashman from the, the GM meetings. I don't know. He has a normal voice. Like what? Record me a video and, and send me what you think. But like angry Brian Cashman, I feel like is just kind of like, like, oh yeah, we're pretty fucking good. Actually. People tell me we're bad. Like actually pretty fucking good. Look at the numbers. We have the smallest analytics team in the world. A little We've never hired an analytics person. We've never hired an analytics person. It's actually very cute that you would say that we have an analytics team. Cause I looked in our books. There's no one, no one on the Yankees payroll who's ever looked at a number. They've never done math. I dare you to look at our payroll. Like that's just an angry me. <laughs> like I could do a funny, I could do a funny character. I could do a funny, I could write you a Cashman monologue, but I feel like it just sounds like me. So we'll keep trying. We'll, we'll keep trying. Taylor Clark just came across my feed. Yeah, bangers yeah. only. Where was the, where were the comment sections on that? Why was anybody telling me? <laughs> yeah, know, it's over. Taylor Clark got traded. <laughs> Uh, yeah, we're not trading labor. Okay. I don't think we are. And if think if we are. do, it'll be another Montgomery Monta situation, and we'll get on this podcast and be like, "Why? Why are we making the lineup worse, though? Why are we making the lineup worse one year before we have to?" After getting Juan Soto, if they had failed to get Juan Soto, I would have traded Glaber Torres. Yes, for sure. Yeah, it was a situation where if the roster didn't get better, then you start, or if the roster couldn't, you couldn't put the roster over the edge with the blockbuster acquisition, then you start getting rid of pieces that you wouldn't necessarily need um, to compete in 2024 because, or I'm sorry, to compete beyond 2024 because any moves you're either making moves for right now and we're going for it and we're going to try and win it, or you're planning for the future. Now they have a little bit of a hybrid situation where you can go for it in 2024 and then you can also plan for the future. I don't think I still, I don't think Glaber's in the, in the long-term plans because um think a team's gonna pay him he's he's young middle infielder that that's highly valued um but the yankees need more than that again props to glaber torres second best hitter on the yankees last year but at at what cost the team being bad um great fifth piece on your team definitely not the second best player on your team unless you want to be 500 boop they were um you know what another funny thought i had today just while we have this captive audience we're talking to our friends like yeah you know, 
Um, I, I was every all of the chatter is is like all oh, the Yankees rotation like oh they traded all this depth now the rotation looks bleak and I get it I get it because of what we just lived through but it is very funny to me that they are probably if they don't get Yamamoto gonna sign Frankie Montas like I think we all sort of agree that feels I think like they're a, they're signing Frankie Montas regardless I, it feels pretty likely they're gonna sign Frankie Montas which would make their projected rotation Garrett Cole who just won the Cy Young was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Carlos Rodon, Nestor Cortez, Clark Schmidt, Frankie Montas. That is swapping Schmidt in for Severino, the rotation from last year that was called the best rotation in baseball. Yeah, uh, weird to me too. Baseball's crazy, and I completely understand, and Nestor's shoulder was a huge issue, and Rodon was terrible, and Clark Schmidt doesn't have the name recognition as Luis Severino, and Montas didn't pitch last year. And all of this is completely reasonable, but it is very, very funny that last winter, it was the same people, but with Seve instead of Clark. And the internet was like, is this the best rotation in history? And now we're, we're looking at it again, and the talk is the Yankees aren't even close on the rotation front, they got to bring Johnny Brito back, someone nobody had ever heard of last winter. It's just, it's very funny to me. You got Will Warren and Clayton Beater and Chase Hampton waiting in the wings. Uh, if there's one thing they know how to produce, it's uh, it's pitching prospects. Um, look, I'm not a believer in this current rotation. They need to add. They need to add one, potentially yeah. two people, and hopefully that's Yamamoto. Um, this is not me saying that like, Hey, the rotation is perfect. I think they finished like 23rd in ERA last year. They weren't good enough, but it's objectively funny that it's the same people as last year. Everyone was gushing over that rotation. Now that they're coming back, everyone's like, not even close, (laughs) not even close. Yeah. It's weird. I mean, that's what baseball is, dude. It's, It's what have you done for me lately? You could be the best rotation on paper. Two of those guys have down years, um, one deals with in- two deal with injury, and then all of a sudden you're garbage and need to completely revamp the entire pitching staff. So um, we'll see. I mean, you look at Nestor, um, that's a question mark injury. You look at Carlos Rodon, that's another question mark injury. But what's is it going to be shocking if, he, if either of those guys rebound? No, we we know what their track records are. We know what their their history and their and their past resume. Well, I mean, Nestor, yeah, w- w- wouldn't be a shocker, but he doesn't have that that lengthy um, starters workload. So the jury's kind of still out on what he'd be able to handle across a 162 game season. But we know what Rodon can deliver at the very least. We know what Nestor's ceiling is when he's pitching at his, at his highest Um, Montas too. Do I think Montas will return to what he was doing with the A's for that short period of time? No, but can hold down the back of the rotation if he's healthy and not acquired while he's injured. Um, Clark Schmidt, another guy we saw, get to where he needed to be in terms of what the Yankees thought he would develop into a uh, totally fine person to have in the back end of the rotation as well. I'd rather um, go to him every five days than yeah. Severino who this yeah. offseason moves so quickly. That guy's yeah. on the, that guy's on the Mets. Now that dude's on the Mets. Now I'll we be at city field forget. watching Severino. You better believe it. Yeah. Your boy, your least favorite Yankee the last six years <laughs> on your favorite team. Y'all go head over to the uh, city field. Get yourself a rice ball, a little Aaron Cheney action. Wait in the yeah. four-hour line for Shake Shack. Uh, <laughs> those are not Mets fans. But people who think that Shake Shack, City Field is the only place you can get Shake Shack. Oh, my God. Is this crazy local Shake burger. Shake Shack I, in the subway, dude. Yeah. I only missed an hour and 45 minutes of the baseball game to get this, but it was worth it. It's it's called a smash burger. This is the only place that sells it. Like, all right. <laughs> cool. <laughs> you oh, never yeah. believe it. City Field has brought in all these places in the city 
so you can eat eat there, and they also it's the only place you can get them. They they've yeah. stole they stole Blue Smoke from its original location, put it in City Field. Shake Shack, same deal. Arancini Bros doesn't exist anymore. It's just a little stand in City Field, and that's where you get all your food. Yeah, it's where I. And you, and you ever you know what's tough about living in New York is making the commute to get dinner at City Field every day. <laughs> like it, when what I'm out of grocery train every night to go get. When food. I'm out of groceries and I want to eat out, I'm like, fuck, what's still open? Oh right, City Field is where every restaurant is, and then we all take the train out uh, to Deep Queens, buy an admission <laughs> ticket, thirty five bucks, you know, depending on who's in town, so yeah. you can get in for eight sometimes, and then I roam the outfield, I eat dinner, and then I go back. <laughs> oh man 146 viewers thanks a lot guys we topped out at what 152 155 something 51. like that one they were quoting in the in the comments well we're we're never gonna we're not selling out we're gonna be the same dudes that we were when it was two of you hanging out here uh we're gonna be here every monday thursday two two o'clock eastern uh roberto watching the numbers like a hawk says we got to 155 that means nine people at some point quit watching the stream bummer for us um if you're out there and you're a quitter come let us know what turned you off leave us a review on apple podcast too if you like the show because we got a lot of five stars but if you google the reviews which obviously i do who wouldn't do that the top ones that display are still the guy who used to leave us his one star review every month and update it to be like pretentious and not well informed smug dumb and very smug so if you thought we were dumb and very smug please don't leave a comment at all but if you do think that this podcast is good Everyone in the comments is saying they enjoyed the show. That's awesome. Um, please drop us a review that actually reflects that you, you have 4.9 stars. Yeah, we got a lot, we got a lot of good reviews, but the one that displays when you Google it is still the guy being like smug, very stupid, two dunderheads. And so, like, if we could just have that not display, that would be great. Um, very smart uh, comment right before we sign off too. Uh, the Yankees do miss on Yamamoto. Roki Sasaki is getting posted next year. Apparently, he's begging to be posted now. Wait, it's next year? What? It's next year? Well, because he's agitating to be posted now. Uh. He wasn't supposed to be posted next year, but he it looks like he's going to be in the same uh, boat that Otani was the first time he came over, and he's going to come over as like an amateur and make that lower-tier contract before eventually getting a $500 million deal or whatever down the line like Otani. So uh, that's, not a bad, that's not a bad market to be in next year. That said... Um, the Yankees went all in on Yamamoto for a reason. I wonder if they are still the front, you know, if they're not the front, if the Dodgers don't get Yamamoto, I feel like you could just pencil Sasaki into the Dodgers. If the Dodgers do get Yamamoto. The Yankees have to get more involved on Roki Sasaki. It's true. It's true. Figure it out. Figure it out. Figure it out. Uh, we'll drop us those reviews. Like we said, we'll be right back here two o'clock next week. If anybody wants to hear more, um, I'm going to stay on the air. I'm going to stay on the air and go on the baseball insider suite. So subscribe to the baseball insiders podcast too. Um, it, two great shows, but this is the Yankees show. Thanks go yard. Uh, if you, uh, you can find me on Twitter at Adam Weiner, uh, Thomas Carinate, tell the people more about where they can find you. Uh, I'm at Tommy's underscore takes guys. Uh, it was a pleasure being here with all of you. Thanks for tuning in. Um, if you guys haven't read us before either, because uh, I know we might have a lot of newcomers here, head on over to yanksgoyard.com. Adam and I have plenty of content there for you. A lot of off-season stuff, a lot of speculative stuff, obviously all the info and up-to-date news that you're going to need to follow the Yankees. Um, heading over there, we'd be uh, much appreciated appreciative um also uh yeah don't forget to like and subscribe that's that's uh, a very big part of this mm -hmm. and if you're from vermont there's got to be one person from vermont out of yeah. this 155 people 
Yanks Go Yard is your code for um, your special code for DraftKings. $200 in bonus bets, and you don't have to deposit a penny. Amazing deal. Um, thank you guys once again uh, for spending the afternoon with us. Uh, we'll be back here on Monday live at 2 p.m. Eastern. Have yourselves a good weekend, and uh, let's go Yanks Yamamoto. Yeah, let's go. It'd be nice. Not going to be devastated if it doesn't happen. I'm still leaning in the other direction, but would be pretty fun to come out on top of this one and actually have to have the debate about how you pay Soto and Yamamoto instead of being like, eh, I guess we're going to have to overpay Juan Soto by $60 million now because we, uh, we didn't get we can get the other guy uh shout out to fernando calling me his boy as well uh <laughs> but he didn't forget me but tommy's obviously your boy uh you guys are our boys thanks for showing up today uh thanks for making the numbers climb we stuck around a little later because uh just so many of you hanging out but we'll see you again on monday before the holidays full slate of shows before the holidays um and then uh yeah take probably take a little break Christmas. You can do the meal of the seven fishes with you and Tommy DeVito. And then uh, we'll get back to it. Uh, we'll get back to it right after the holidays. So uh, thanks for sticking with us. Leave us those reviews if you can. And I'll see you right next week. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.